Over the last few weeks, for many of us living here in Eau Claire and other parts of the Midwest, winter has seemed to drag on and spring weather seems like it will never arrive. The wet, cold, and dreary weather has made it difficult to schedule practices, games, and meets for our spring athletic teams. It even seems impossible to try to find a decent warm day to schedule Arbor Day. With the lingering effects of winter, we may find ourselves falling into a sour mood, wondering, will winter ever end? A more positive approach might be seen in the question, if winter comes, can spring be far behind? Students in English 12, I'm sure, will immediately recognize these lines as the concluding lines from Percy Shelley's Ode to the West Wind. In this poem, Shelley looks at the power of the West Wind to be both a destroyer and a preserver, which he sees as an important aspect of the cyclical seasons of nature. For example, the fall wind strips the leaves from the trees and blows them about, but in doing so spreads the seeds that will come to life in the spring. Shelley concludes the poem by identifying himself with the wind and desiring to spread his leaves, his pages of poetry, to spark a new life and revolution among humankind. As we discuss our text today, we'll see how Paul uses an important image from the natural world to convey a much, much more important message. The assurance that our salvation has been secured through Christ's resurrection. Our text for this morning is 1 Corinthians verses 20 to 23. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first, first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man also came resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ the first fruits, afterwards those who are Christ at his coming. This morning I'd like to focus simply on the image that Christ uses that Paul uses for Christ as the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. One way of thinking about the first fruits is the, the Old Testament image of the first installment of a crop that anticipates or guarantees the whole offering of the crop. Thus Paul writes, but each in his own order, Christ the first fruits afterwards, those who are Christ at his coming. Christ's resurrection from the dead is so important because as Paul clearly writes here, it guarantees that those who believe in him will also rise from the dead. Christ also assures us of this fact in John 14, 19, when he says, because I live, you will live also. Paul's use of the term firstfruits brings up the idea from the Old Testament of sacrifice and offering, and thus Christ's ultimate sacrifice and offering. But his connection here to God's creation of the natural world uh, strikes me as well as we wait for spring. We wait for and anticipate events in the natural world because we recognize patterns. We don't think to ourselves every morning, I wonder if the sun will come up today, or at night we don't 
wonder whether or not the sun will go back down. We know it will happen and we rely on it to happen. Similarly, we know that eventually it will be spring. Even now with all the cold weather we've had, the daffodils are beginning to poke out and the grass is even beginning to get green. Indeed, we may be upset about our weather lately because we have come to expect certain temperatures and patterns this time of year. It seems very appropriate that we celebrate Easter in the spring, for the renewal of life in the spring is an apt reminder of the new life that Christ brings to us through his resurrection. Furthermore, think how much faith we put in the cycles of the natural world. If we can put that much reliability in this fallen, sinful world, how much more faith can we rest in the assurance that Christ is the firstfruits of the resurrection of the dead that guarantees that we, who are Christ through faith, will also rise again? Shelley's Ode to the West Wind doesn't just talk about seasons of spring and winter in themselves, but he uses them as metaphors with spring, hope, and life arising out of winter, death, and despair. In our text from Corinthians, we have a much greater picture of hope and life in the first signs of spring that the first fruits of Christ's resurrection brings. Not only are we promised eternal life, but since Christ's death and resurrection provides the sacrifice for our sins, we are justified in God's sight. All our sins have been forgiven. Just as it seems like the gloom and misery of the winter may never come to an end and may wear us out, so too may our daily struggle with sin weigh us down. As we go to bed each night and look back on our day, we can see all the ways we have failed to live up to God's perfect and holy law. We see all the ways we did the things that we are not supposed to do and failed the things that we should do, failed to do the things we should do. Such feelings of guilt can be overwhelming. However, we need only to look to our Savior, to the empty tomb, to recognize that though we are wretched sinners, Christ's death and resurrection wipes out all our sins. This empty tomb guarantees that our dark winter of our discontent here on earth, which is marked with sin and death, will soon be replaced by the light and life of heaven. Shelley closes his poem with his desire to change the world through poetry, to spread his leaves of poetry as seeds to quicken a new birth. As, as Christians, we recognize, of course, that this sinful world will never be perfect. Instead, we have a much more important seed to plant. The Word of God, through which the Holy Spirit works saving faith. In this spring season, when we see new life and plants and plant flowers and gardens and crops, let us be reminded to spread the wonderful Easter news of the resurrection and the promise of eternal life. But we can also think of that powerful passage in Isaiah where God promises that his word shall not return to him void, but it shall accomplish what he pleases and it shall prosper in the thing for which he sent it. Unlike some of the seeds that are planted this spring that may fail, we are promised that God's word will accomplish all that he wants it to. We should also be reminded that while we see the immediate effects of some plants or grass growing, 
We do not always visibly see the effect of God's work, but we know that it is working His will. If winter comes, can spring be far behind? As we look forward to the days of spring and summer where warmer weather will surely come and new life will spring up all around us, let these wonders of God's creation also remind us of the more important promises we have from Christ's resurrection. Since he is the first fruits of eternal life, we too by faith are also guaranteed eternal life. Christ's death and resurrection also guarantees that our sins are forgiven. We are justified before God. And finally, we have the wonderful privilege of sharing this good news and spreading the seed of the word of God, which has the power to bring new life and salvation to all who believe it. We'll close with hymn 206, verses 1, 2, and 10. 206, verses 1, 2, and 10. Thank you.